0: What's going on, everyone? This is Griffin McDonald, the host of Fit Check, a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them. up everyone i am griff mcdonald with my co-host joshua teckel and you're listening to fit check a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them this week we have the thrift advocate himself jeremiah mccasback a sophomore fashion merchandising major from charleston south carolina and one of the founding fathers of the gamecock style club jeremiah how you doing today i'm doing all right how about yourself i'm doing well I kind of messed up the intro but we we move how about you josh
1: that was good man you said a mouthful but but you got it all through i think in one breath that was impressive
0: I'm a pro. Impressive, but I'm good. All right, let's 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 just hop right in. Uh, before we get to the, the interview itself, Jeremiah, we always start with a fit check on this show. So just give us a rundown of what you're wearing top to bottom. Uh, yeah, what are you wearing okay, today?
2: Top to bottom. Or bottom like to top. top to it's your
1: preference, bro. Yeah.
2: Um. So actually, we'll do bottom to top because usually, like, since I was in, like, middle school, high school, like, whenever I would decide what i would want to wear it would be around like the one thing i would work around like one garm and like for for usually usually recently it's been my sneakers so on the sneakers we got um pair of 2008 nike sb dunks oh
0: my
1: god i was just talking about griffin with the sbs looking for some last that was yesterday
2: and it was really crazy because um yeah, Everyone, like, recently, like, we've all been uh, yeah. aware of, like, if you're aware of, like, the sneaker culture, the big revamp of the Nike SB and the Nike SB Dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there was a local resale store. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about or follow them. It's um, Harlem's Closet. It was a, it's a really, it's on Gervais Street. It's a really, it was a page that I saw before coming up, back up from Charleston, um, open up. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll follow the page just to keep up with their sneakers, clothes, just in case if there's ever anything. And then it was just this one moment. It was um me, my friend, my friends Colin and David. And we were just sitting in the living room. We we're just gonna. We were planning on going to Harlem's Closet because we were ma- meaning to make that one trip. Mm-hmm. And usually, whenever um the first time I go to these re- resale stores, it's um my way of like giving those people a first impression is if it's a buy sell trade store i get my duffel bag or my ikea bag and i i put it i put everything in there right i brought i brought like two pairs of shoes some t-shirts some sweatshirts some some knickknacks like like i had this um bruce lee nascar and this like looney tunes nascar it's just like it's I, ha- I packed the bag with with everything just so that um, you can bargain. I can gauge a sense, so gauge a sense of what they're interested in buying, what they're interested in trading, and also like show them that like I know my stuff. Yeah, like right, I don't just keep like,
0: up with Justin, I don't. Yeah, just like building a rapport with the with these people. Yeah, like a reputation. So
2: at the same time, like um, when I came in the store, I was checking checking out their stuff. The majority of it was market, but for some reason, they had these pair of two thousand eight Dunks on their Instagram story for fifty dollars.
0: Fifty bucks.
2: Fifty. No way. Right? There must be something. And it, wrong and it was like them. and it was like twenty minutes ago and I was just like, Oh okay, we're we're going right now. <laughs> I packed my bag with these t shirts and stuff and he they were going there's like there's like, there three of them that run the store, I'm pretty sure, and they're going through my stuff and they pull out this Led Zeppelin um liquid blue tag uh tie-dye t shirt that I had gotten from my flea market back home in Charleston for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. And usually, like liquid blue T-shirts that are vintage. Like if you know your te- know your terms, like single stitch, and, yeah. Like made in USA. It's the good stuff. Um. Yeah. That they're usually like around. They can go anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. But that one, that liquid blue Led Zeppelin T-shirt had just been. Um. It was a reprint from two thousand five. So realistically, it was like forty fifty dollars. Yeah. And so he pulled out that T-shirt and he he held it up in the air, flipped it. And he was like, "Yo, how much you want for this?" And I was just like, "I'll, I'll just do a straight trade for the the dunks." Yeah, right. right. And he was like, "And he was like, you know, they don't have a box, right?" And I was like, "It's perfectly fine. I wear my sneakers." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we so we just did a straight trade. And my boys, Colin and David, they weren't buying anything. They were just watching me. They were just watching me work mm-hmm. and get this trade in. We walk out,
1: and I'm just like, "Oh, that's crazy! It's a steal! You got Nike say. Dunks for a T-shirt! I don't know what they- and,
2: and and the thing is with like the thing is like with the OG Dunks, um, like back in the 2000s, like." um they they pumped out like what they're doing right now. They pumped out like a whole bunch of collaborations, whole yeah. bunch of colorways. And at the time, people were able to buy SB Dunks for like the retail was a hundred, like how it is now. But people were able to get those for like sixty five, seventy five dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And those good neutral or like good basic colorway sneakers that are original, like they've been going for money. And like we couldn't, we were in when we got back in the car. We were trying to like, I was trying to get my me and my buddies were all just on the internet scouring, we're just looking. Just looking for <laughs> looking for the model of the sneaker. Like if yeah. you look on the inside tag, we were looking up the UPC code and everything, <laughs> and we were able to find one other listing. I think it was on Grail, the Grailed app. Yeah, six hundred
1: dollars. No oh my way. So <laughs> yeah, <my laughs> you just robbed these people, dude. I I know what you mean too, because I was. See, I'm in the I'm in I'm looking for some new sneakers now that I can just wear every day and beat up. Right. So I saw some Nike S B dunks. They were new coming out on this it's a Nike app that's separate from Nike. It's called like Nike sneakers or Nike something. Yeah, the but sneakers it, app. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like New York edition, Nike SBs, they were on there for a hundred ten. But they do they right. do it by a drawing, so you kind of yeah like, the raffles yeah they do the stupid raffle and then immediately it was gone and then I saw them on like a couple hours later I saw him on whatever one of those resale websites are for yeah. three four hundred dollars so yeah. like you're right they they come on market around a hundred hundred ten I'm thinking nice I can buy me a a nice pair of SB Dunks for a hundred but I mean there's no way I can find some unless yeah. I'm waiting yeah it's and
2: like ever since I was in high school. Um, middle school, even, I would be in class or I would be at recess or lunch and I'll be watching videos like thrifting videos or I'll be watching round two. Yeah. Or I'll be watching other people talk about sneakers and clothing and that majorly influenced my style and like my aesthetics and who I wanted to be when I got older. But I wasn't, my family, like we weren't in a place that you could just, they would be willing to drop. Two, three hundred dollars on sneakers? Right. Baby, yeah. They would never do that for me. Yeah. So um all throughout high school and even now, I have never really paid up for a pair of sneakers. Okay. But um I think recently, other than the S another S- Nike SB dunk, um, I was actually got actually got a pair of um Yeezy seven hundred salts for eighty seven cents. Wow. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. You need to be you need to be he needs to be our like our plug. He needs to be in par- in charge of finding all of our gear cuz that's I, crazy. 87 cents for some for some Yeezys?
2: Yeah, so like um another sneaker store, Um Cold Kicks. They had like yeah, right,
1: they, right, do, right. they do
2: they do steal Saturdays and they just had these up for 87 cents.
1: Oh, they were just straight selling and them for 87 cents.
2: Straight 87 cents and it was um what they do is they upload their Saturday steals on Friday, so then when the next day comes, people come and camp out in line, and we were—I was—I had sent that post to our Instagram group chat, and I was like, "Hey, look at these, eighty-seven cents," and it was like nine, ten o'clock at night, and they were like, "Jay, you might as well camp out for those." And I was yeah. like, "Oh, my you camped God. out for these?" And it was like it was summer break. There's nothing really to do. Nothing really better to do. <laughs> yeah. Then they camp and out. And usually, for like when sneakers. people come out, to, when people come out to camp for sneakers, they come out around like. 6, 7 Mm a.m. Because they open at 12. But um, my buddy had been in downtown Charleston hanging out with some people. And he told me that if I went out there at midnight, after he was done doing whatever, he would come camp out with me. So I brought two zero-gravity lawn chairs so you can recline them, some water, (laughs) bug spray. Mm -hmm. And I camped out there for 12 hours (laughs) with with 87 cents in my pocket. (laughs) <laughs> and I got so paranoid to the point where I had another set of 87 cents in my pocket.
0: Because oh. <laughs> the like, they, like,
2: they were like exact change only. And I was just like, okay.
0: That's so funny. And it was so
2: funny because like, um, I was like up for the majority of the time. But there was like, I think somebody had came out at 3 a.m. and it was some, some kid. I think he was getting drove by his parents. He came out of his car and he was like, "Hey, what are y'all? What are y'all getting?" Because he had came out there to camp with, camp as well, and I was yeah, like, eighty eighty seven eighty seven cents, my boy." And he got <laughs> back in his car. <laughs> he got back in his car and he went back home. But I think I had I took like a video of it and everything. And that night I was like FaceTiming everybody. Yeah, that was sweet. And they're
0: like Jay, you're. They're like Jay, you're stupid. And I'm like,
2: I I mean, it's a it's yeah. a story for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just,
0: yeah. Yeah, Definitely a really dope. funny story and a
1: really good story as well. Um, that takes anyways, skill. Yeah, it that does takes take skill. A, yeah, it really gets skill to get to a point where you know how but, to like, um, find these stuff and shop in this way. I am probably a rookie level shopper compared to you. So that's, that just blows my mind, man.
2: But um, continuing to fit, I yeah. have a pair of um, just some thrifted black shorts. And then from there, um, a vintage Nike metal check hoodie. Yeah, but it's like, There's like a big hype behind Travis Scott and everything, mm-hmm. but this has become like my regular hoodie just because of the This I don't know if I'm able to show it, but it's a 90s white Nike tag and during that era um, the type of materials and the type of weave that they put into their crewnecks and their sweatshirts, that era for, to me, most comfortable and I typically wear XL um, I was able to get this hoodie with a double XL from a buddy and I think the middle check hoodies recently. I uh, I don't know if you guys keep up with it, but there was a pistachio color. No, I think it was a sage. It was either pistachio or a sage green colorway.
0: Yeah, that like dark with a black green. check. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking. About. Yeah,
2: and then there were and then there was a dark brown one, a dark brown middle check hoodie. Both of those were sold on Instagram live auctions for one point six thousand dollars each.
1: Center check hoodies,
2: what? A center check hoodie, oh, right? God. It's crazy, and I just. And I think this hoodie is only around like worth around like one fifty to one seventy five, but I think I paid like sixty to eighty dollars from somebody at the time. Are
1: Jeez. they not making them anymore right now?
2: Um, so they so they do still make middle um merchandise, but people that are into vintage and into sustainability and everything like they want the original, and also at the same time like with the materials that are made and nike 's products now it's just it's just not the same Yeah, it's, it's, and funny, it's not it even just that Nike back then right, and it's not even with just Nike it was um people appreciate the vintage champion whenever they did their reverse weaves mm-hmm. um people have been searching for if they 're into like neutral tones and like been wanting sweatshirts. Another good alternative for that has been the Russell athletic sweatshirts yeah it's just um people like especially with like the trends that are going on right now with like carhartt and workwear people have started to take their appreciation of the craftsmanship and the materials uh during the 90s and even like later in the, like, the 80s and 70s yeah, yeah. it's about That's time what, but
1: um it's i was just saying it's about time because i mean i remember for the longest all i cared about when i bought clothes was the quality of it and I think at in the first episode with me and Griffin, I told him a lot about how I just love to buy um, easy t-shirts, like the polo t-shirts, the Ralph Lauren t-shirts with the just small logo on the, on the, on the left or right side. And I've been buying those for years, but I've noticed like, depending on the year I buy them, like some of them are crap quality that just crap out after a year. And some of them I've had for like three four five years, no matter how you wash them. So, so like, that's something I noticed, so now I try to take that into consideration when I buy stuff. But, like, I guess it's like it's like old cars. A lot of, like, my dads and uncles, they talk about cars back in the 90s and 80s will never break down, and they try to right. keep it as long as they want. And I'm finding out it's the same concept with clothes that were made in that era. It's just, like, the quality that they put into it is starting to get noticed, so they want to make it last as long as possible, so. Yeah. Because even, like,
2: not even with, like, hoodies and sweatshirts, for me, like, When I was in middle school, like, I would walk into, before I discovered, like, my passion for, like, vintage clothing and sneakers and everything in archive fashion, like, I would walk in, I was a middle school kid walking into the mall with my parents going to Aeropostale, Hollister, and then I would go into, like, somewhere like, let's say, like, PacSun, and I would see their graphic t-shirts, and around that time, I had started watching round two and all these thrifting videos, and I was just like, yeah, these these reprint t-shirts are cool and all and they're all mass-produced but like they could have these cool graphics but at the same time they were taking direct copies from what came out during their original time period like 90s like pulp fiction t-shirts or houston rocket old design t-shirts i was just and i always thought to myself like yeah this is cool and all but i want the original
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
2: i want i want the original one like it's just like i have a more of an appreciation of having something from that time period and um, being able to last to up to right now.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. So, all right, finish, finish. The, we keep getting distracted. All right, yeah. finish, finish <laughs> the fit check. But um, <laughs> next we got the, speaking of like, um, I have this 70s, I
2: think it's a, it's, if you can see the tag, 70s, thumbs up, Sears.
1: Ooh. What Sears is it? Sears flannel. Oh. 70s. Nice. 70s.
2: It says thumbs up, and then right there in that little box, it says Sears. Okay. okay. And then um, I have on a little silk little head wrap, little
1: auntie head wrap, I call it. <laughs> did you? So did you make that, or they sell stuff like that? Because I have a I have a shaved head, so I'm always trying to like find new I stuff. Mean, to I mean, I'll on take it head. off right now. I have a shaved head as well. Yeah. Oh, my thing is, I got a skin. no. I got a skin. I, no I, a skin. <laughs> I have no hair. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's why i, I grew the beard out
2: <laughs> yeah i thrifted this from um a goodwill bins clearance center so this was probably like 10 cents
1: oh that's the only one you got
2: i have a i have a few
1: more i have oh, okay. a floral
2: one i just have a regular like black and white kind of bandana um print one
1: word mm-hmm. word well i gotta say man that is probably that's gonna go in the hall of fame of three yeah. checks so far <laughs> top two not two yeah, yeah. Top two and it's not two. So. It's not two, yeah. So so that was that was awesome. Especially that Sears thing, because Sears is is gone, right? Sears is yeah, bankrupt. Went, yeah, Sears bankrupt. is gone. That's the stamp of an official vintage thick brand right there. <laughs> <laughs> if the brand is gone. <laughs> if the brand is gone and you got it, boom. Okay. Uh Josh, what are you wearing? Just so we can uh keep keep the fit checks going. All right. Um so I'm a logo ho today. I just I didn't realize it, but I mean I got the I'll start from the bottom. I got my cuz I'm at the house. I got my Adidas black slides that I wear all the time around the house. I don't mm-hmm. go anywhere. I don't I don't know ever since I got them, I don't walk around barefoot anymore, so I got to yeah. have my slides on. And then I got these um royal blue, no, not royal, maybe navy blue shorts that I wear. I think I forget what brand they are. They're not thrifted or anything, but they're real basically just comfortable and stretchy. And this t-shirt Big face, north face t-shirt. And speaking of quality, I think I bought this shirt in 2011, maybe. But this thing never changed its fit, never lost its color. The collar, as you can see, is still intact. When you wash them, you know, stuff like that. start. I've never seen a thread come undone on this thing. This is probably the best t-shirt I've ever purchased in my life, honestly. So this thing is awesome. And I got a recent purchase, which is... Um, adidas corduroy black bucket hat damn I you like. are
0: a logo ho today yeah I am. <laughs> I
1: am i did not realize that but i'm not ashamed about it because i got this this bucket hat off ebay i think for like 15 20 bucks but i was worried because you know all these bucket hats are one size fits all
0: mm.
1: <laughs> and i got a big ass head so one size fits all i don't know what that means so i gotta i was Good honestly time. questioning going to the What's it called when you get all when you, a tailor to get it altered just in case? I don't know if that's a thing. If you can get hats altered for your head, but I think it is a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, is? it has to be. Okay, okay. Well, that's a less. That's gonna be the lesson of the pod. You can get your hats altered at the tailor. <laughs> you can get most um, things altered at a tailor. I think.
2: Yeah. Um. I wish my buddy was here, Quinn, because one thing that he's taken himself upon is um. So one thing I really respect about him is like. Really like we, how I like to say is like we're on opposite spectrums, cause I'm really into the vintage clothing and archived fashion and sneakers, but on the other hand, he's into archived designer oh. and keeping up with designers' drops and yeah. what he's been really and what something that he was really into um, last year and even now is um finding ways to being able to find designer garments that are going for outrageous prices, but fi- being able to find them for cheaper and being and just learning. So he was able to... I think he was after a pair of Raf Simmons cargo pants at the time. He was just trying to find a pair because if you go on resale apps like Grailed, mm-hmm. I think that specific pair of black cargo tactical cargo pants he was going for, I forgot what season and year it was from. They're going for around 2.5 thousand yeah. dollars three thousand dollars no archive rack he was is like able, insane. right and he was able to find he was able to i forgot what website it was he was able to serve like overseas websites and find a pair from japan for three hundred dollars and all he had to do was pay that 300 plus whatever 20, 20 or so dollars to um ship it out, yeah. ship it out to him, and pay a little bit on top just to have them resized.
0: Yeah. No, Archive Raph is, like, the most insane thing I've ever seen. Um, It's crazy on Grilled. I mean, I saw a pair of, like, I'm not into Archive at all, but, I mean, I don't really think any of it looks good, just to me. I don't think it would look good on me, but if it, if you like Archive, you do you. It's just not my thing. It's crazy. Right how how insane these prices are for just, like, a pair of raft shorts or a pair of, uh, like, gl- glitter boots or something like that. Like, it's insane. So that's why I could – that's, like, a, a boundary for me. It's, like, I just can't afford it at all. Um, no, and I don't think any like, of us can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that was like also, like, another reason why we um we wanted to start Style Club because um not only did we want to serve as, like, a lighthouse to be able to reach out to college students that are trying to – figure out who they are in terms of like what they wanted to work for as a for their job but also to help develop their aesthetics and there's it's a common stereotype that a lot of say per se like designer is too expensive or too hard to get your hands Mm on but being able to because quinn has he has a lot of resources that he has been able to find on himself to be able to get those certain pieces for a fraction or a decimal of those costs and being able to spread that information with more people just gives other people to create more bridges and connections mm-hmm. so it will just become one really big hodgepodge of people helping one another out.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um are we still on the fit check by the way? I'm I think we? so, yeah. We are. This is this is again on record on par with <laughs> The longest and best fit check so far. So, Griffin, yeah. go ahead and wrap up the fit check. Okay. I'll go I'll
0: go bottom up, too. I'm just wearing a pair of Birkenstock Bostons that I always wear. For, I've had these for, like, four years, and they're literally coming apart. I need to get them resold. What else am I wearing? Oh, my new favorite pair of pants, a vintage uh, Wrangler authentic pair of camo double knees from, like, I don't know, early 2000s or something like that. And then just a champion reverse weave and then just a dirty Cubs hat that I always wear also. So pretty basic, very comfortable. Okay, so now the fit check's wrapped up. Uh, we can finally hop into the interview. Uh, we kind of touched on this before. Um, you got into the thrifting because you were watching like round two in class. And then obviously the accessibility of it uh, kind of drew you in as well. Was there anything, el- was there anything else that kind of drew you into the whole thrifting realm uh, that you didn't mention before um i just really feel like because before
2: it was t- to me when i was younger being able to find something that i was so passionate about at an early age was something that really shocked myself and i always had the determination of being able to open my own store with things that i would want to curate and things that i support and love mm-hmm. and um sorry my mind blinked but when i was in high school um developing my aesthetic because like uh, i was developing my aesthetic by just going thrifting and just doing small things watching those videos um i think it was around my sophomore junior year my buddies like a lot of my friends and and um even some family they're just like why don't you why don't you sell clothes like why don't you do that and yeah I was just like i'm like i and i just decided to make that jump and i had taken my social media i think i'd taken my personal instagram at the time and transformed it into like my selling platform and i would be going home from school actually get out of class i would hit a couple of thrift stores and at the time like those thrift stores were very fruitful and i'd be able to find things and um i would pose i would go home do my homework and i would go in my room and i had a nail put in my wall and i had a hanger and i'll put the the garment and i'll just hang it up take a picture and I would post it on Instagram and the prices were like, really, it was really nice at the time. And then like Man. people really appreciated that. And I was able to learn how to manipulate the Instagram algorithm at the time to telling people to turn on your post notifications. And then I was so consistent at the time, pushing out five to six posts. And then I would eventually put out, um, it would probably be like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt at the time. I'd be like, first a DM, he gets it for a dollar. Oh. And they would... So I would do that, and from there, people would just keep turning on their post notifications. And it was really crazy at the time because I was only a sophomore, junior, and my clothes that I was just thrifting, it, they, they would sell equivalent to, like, um, a Supreme drop. Really? And, yeah, I mean, um, were they... It really, like, on a... Were whenever they... I would do the first to DM for a dollar someone would DM me like instantly and someone would DM me maybe like 30, 45 seconds later. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Somebody already claimed it. (laughs) And they would be like, Holy shit. I just saw the, I just saw the post. Like what happened? I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So another thing that was really cool with like doing that in high school, it would be like, I would, a lot of my customers during then were, um, were high schoolers. They're the same people that I went to the high, Mm -hmm. high school with. So I would text them, after for like second first or second period like hey meet me by the lunch room cafeteria yeah. um after 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 class so i would be i would have a backpack on and a duffel bag also full of clothes yeah and i would just be walking i'll just walk she's so funny to walk and meet them and i'll give them their t-shirt or sweatshirt and they would hand me like a 20 bill or something
0: yeah yeah. that's so great what, hustle um, and then that's what uh, uh, Gray Thomas did, does for Soda City Thrifts because he sells. He does the same thing for USC students. Um, oh,
2: great! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know him?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah. he's in Style Club.
0: Oh, he is. Yeah, oh. Shout out to Soda City. Yeah, good cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. No, he apparently he did the same thing uh, when he first started. He'd just walk around campus and be like, "Hey, maybe at Russell, like sweatshirt, twenty bucks, whatever. Done." so um, yeah that just reminded me of that
1: you were carrying all your merch on you around in high school and it was really
2: cool because like none of the administration or any of the teachers were against
1: it and i'm surprised that sounded sketchy man yeah carrying all those bags devil bags hustling hustling outside the lunchroom (laughs) like
2: even teachers would buy clothes off of me you were selling one time i i was selling the i remember i would sell like polo zip-up jackets and <laughs> that's like, how you know you got they're the like game oh my on god yo yeah and they're like you have at the time they're like oh my god it's polo ralph lauren and they'll be like how much you want for i'm like for you for you i was going to do 30 but for you 20 yeah 20, 20, 20 for months. an a plus
1: <laughs> or t- 20 for an a plus uh, extra
2: extra credit would be appreciated <laughs> for you 20 <laughs> oh <laughs> 30, 20. man
1: had the teachers under his pocket wow yeah. that's the, crazy. Whole, the but, um, whole school under your rule
2: <laughs> right it was really cool because then like afterwards there's some other cats there's there specifically one um i'll shout him out um his name's a 843 heat seeker and um he was a year under me and he was able to start his own business and when i was in high school um i was able to meet some people that i still talk to on a day-to-day basis like every day in our group chat mm-hmm. and there are people that own a store in downtown charleston selective and i I still go there every now and then to sell my clothes and just chop it up with them because we talk on a day to day bit, and it's just so crazy like how tight-knit all of us are, and we all support each other, yeah and we all talk about trends like with clothes and sneakers, and we all keep each other up to date.
1: I was just going to say what's the name of your sh- your account real quick or your Um,
2: my account name for clothes yeah, for the um, thrifting uh rendezvous cnc and recently like i've been um actually recently i think it was last week i started posting again i finally got it adjusted being back on campus and everything Mm
1: -hmm. so do you do you still meet people or do you ship
2: um both um what i usually i love to do is um if people are local um i chip off 10 i tend to chip off five to ten dollars off of my asking price for if they're local because it's more convenient and then um i i can ship anywhere in the u.s also
1: yeah yeah dog what is your i don't understand how these people do this what is your method to answer your question about like how
2: we're able to get these clothes and it's it's a combination of knowing what you're looking for luck and just consist consistency really do you just, Cause if you're out if you're out drifting yeah because if you're out drifting like what i put in my head is like the first the first thing is like be prepared to find nothing like okay. set no <laughs> expectations don't don't put in your head like oh i'm gonna find this grail oh, i'm gonna find this one specific piece or pair of sneakers i've been looking for you can't do that because you don't know the odds of what you're going to be able to find and just being efficient just not having like knowing time is money and spending, like, setting a time limit of how much time you want to spend in that store and, um, knowing what you're looking for. Yeah, this is all you're just um, hitting
1: up, physical stores?
2: Um, I've actually kind of stopped hitting physical stores as much as I used to. It's more, ever since the pandemic, it's just me learning how to surf, um, apps and websites. Like, one tip, one 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 tip I'll drop is, um, if you're looking for a specific garment, whether it be a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, um, everyone that's in a vintage and clothing, they, have, they know what Depop is. So say you're looking for really, a, we call them Snipes, like um, a good T-shirt for a fraction of what it should, really should be for market price. You would go on Depop, you click on menswear, and then you click on T-shirts. And what I used to do, you, you switch between most relevant and newly listed. And you can spend an hour every day, you can spend all day, you can spend 5-10 minutes just checking it. And you go the, you go on the t-shirts, you switch from most relevant to newly listed, and you just keep, you keep going back and forth. And then all of the newly listed t-shirts will pop up right there. Hmm. So yeah. that's another opportunity f- to find these t-shirts for cheap. You just got to be lucky and yeah. they're at the right time and place.
0: Insider tips, Josh. Write that down. These are the keys to success DJ Khaled that's dope bro yeah so style club we kind of touched on it before um but kind of relating that to personal style has your personal style changed since uh style club kind of became a thing or since you joined it um and if it has what what part of style club kind of influenced your own personal style the most
2: um so one of the main ideas I had for Style Club is that these people that wanted to join the club, they can join it. And people that felt like they had ideas or people that were wanting to learn about how to develop their own aesthetic, that they could join this club without feeling invalidated or, about, or without feeling judged. Mm. And something that I've always kept in my mind is that um, comfort overlooks.
0: Yeah, always.
2: So before when I was in high school, um, high school and even my freshman year of college, I would be I would wear
0: anything that
2: was really colorful. Just like I would be wearing all over NASCAR print T-shirts, crazy Looney Tunes, T-shirt graphics, a lot of stuff that had color and popped out, pop out just so I can be like that. I wanted to be that sore thumb in the room. Yeah. Even like in high school, like with my boy Colin, we would be able to see each other five to ten minutes before our first period, and I'd walk in. And I'll there's one time I was wearing like this Tommy Hilfiger big flag T-shirt with yeah. a pair of baggy Tommy Hilfiger carpenter jeans with a pair of like white on white Air Forces. I looked like I was out of a, a Leah music video.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and I, w- I would and like I would make these outfits just so I could walk in and see people like Colin, and he would just be like what are you wearing? Yeah. And you're like, well, that's what I wanted to wear. Like, <laughs> but one thing, I like, one thing I, but one of my major transitions so far is um, usually whenever I wear sneakers, like whatever I have in my closet, it usually revolves around sneakers. And recently it's been my Nike SB Dunks. And another one I've been wearing all the time is my Birkenstock clogs.
0: Yeah. The same ones they're I'm wearing like right now, a, Boston's.
2: Yeah. They're a brown, brown leather, Uh, think a, like a new buck material. Yeah. And so far, um, everything that's been in my closet has been neutral tone. Mm-hmm. So I've just been a really big neutral tone guy and just um, kind of been into, like, the work where I have G je- like a cool pair of, like, orange tab 505s. It's mm-hmm. a lot of neutral tone stuff. And really, I've been wearing a, a lot of vintage Nike. And yeah. I'm wearing my middle check hoodie right now, but I know I have at least, like, Five to 10 sweatshirts that I keep in rotation. Yeah. And we'll be in my group chat with my boys and they'll find one and they'll send a picture and then they'll specifically add my users so I get their notification. I'll just be like, I need that. Yeah. I need it. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) No, I mean, I I love my Birkenstock Boston so much. I mean, I've had them for like five years at this point and, um, yeah, once you hit like the five year mark on Birkenstocks, if you're not taking care of them, like the soles will fall off. And mine are doing that right now. And I need to get them, I need to get a, a new like footbed just so that I can wear them right. Like, no,
2: because, um, I think
0: my buddy, um, Sean, he's another thrifter
2: from Charleston. Shout out to Vaulted CHS. Um, he saw I was able to grab a pair of Birkenstock clogs off Depop not too long ago for $80 ship, which yes. is a really good price. Yeah, not bad. And, um, my buddy, he was. Um, we were in a thrift store, and uh, that was a. I think it was actually a boutique, and he was able to get a pair of Birkenstock, just regular Arizona sandals. And I think it was one day he sent me a picture, and the whole cork
0: sole had slipped off the footbed, yep. and I was just like, "Oh, that's pain. Yep. That's
2: pain." That, that happens <laughs> in
0: Birkenstocks a lot, apparently. If you wear them for like, if you wear them like I do, like I literally wear these like three times, three days out of the week for like twelve hours. And I've done that for like three years, three, four years. Like it's Yeah, they're going to fall apart. But I mean, three years, but that kind of wear, it's not bad at all. I'm not even mad.
1: Uh, Real quick, though, I'm just curious, because me and Griffin were talking at one point about proxies, like getting people to order stuff for us that isn't available in the U.S. Do you know anything about that? Because I think we were talking about there was like a North Face collection. I can't remember what it was called.
0: North, North Face Purple Label
1: purple label or something oh the purple label like because i i saw that some of that stuff and then i I was telling him like i can't find this and he was like because you can't i don't think you can buy it or it's available on american websites or something so you have to go through a proxy and we were just like you know shooting shit and talking you know just joking around but like what do you what do you know about stuff like that the whole like purple label or just like proxies in general and things like that
2: with proxies and stuff like that I'm personally not even there yet. My buddy Quinn, he has some type of idea of how to maneuver those overseas websites to be able to proxy be able to proxy it. But um it's really hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. really hard, but all it takes is to, it's um just knowing the right people in the community that have an idea or a sense and it's just something that I haven't tapped into yet. But yeah. I have been following up with people that do proxy and I follow these if you go to, um, if you look into Japanese and Thailand, there's um, a lot of our textile waste goes to these third world countries. So there's a lot of people that do vintage that are able to come to these landfills or um, ra- we call them rag houses. And that's what they do for a living. They go to these rag houses, these landfills in these third world countries that they're from and they're able to just pull out perfectly brand new '90s T-shirts, never before seen graphics that we haven't seen in over 20, 30 years, in pristine condition, because they're just in a palette of clothes that's that was shipped off to Thailand or Malaysia. Mm. So there are people that you can, so there's people that you can look up on Instagram that do that kind of thing that look in the rag houses that we do have in the U.S., but more more so in these third world countries that are absolutely crazy because if, he's, if you ever look into it, there's just warehouses that are maybe like 20 to 30 feet high with ceil- 20, foot, 20, 30 foot high ceilings and it's just
0: yeah it's round just all the
2: way up the ceiling. It's just close. Because w- like with proxies, even with like, because um, not from a buying aspect, but from a selling aspect, I've witnessed and like dealt with um selling really good um so like let's say like a vintage Harley Davidson 3D emblem t-shirt mm-hmm. those are really sought after in um Japan um I would list you could list that I would listed that t-shirt at the time on an app and those Japanese accounts they would message you and message they message myself and they're like hello brother can you discount me please i pay now through paypal And the way that they would do it, a lot of people, um, these Japanese buyers do it, they have a P.O. box set up in Mm. California or somewhere. So then you would ship it to that P.O. box. And then from there, I guess they would handle the rest on how to get it back home.
1: Yeah. yeah, Crazy. That's so interesting.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because
2: the... A lot of people, like, specifically the Japanese vintage community, I've really looked up to and saw, like, this was really crazy. But mm-hmm. even ever since the 90s, there's a really big flea market called the Rose Bowl in California. Yeah. And there you can find some really crazy things, like Levi's Big E denim, like, Type 1 Levi denim yeah. jackets that go for, like, $3,000 and all this type of stuff. They specifically go out of their way to make sure that they're able to come to... Um, California to go to Rose Bowl just to cash out. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's because like um I think there was this one episode of round two, like whenever like people used to talk about it with me, I'm like, oh you need to watch to you need to watch the Round Two Japan episode and it's really eye opening as to um how American vintage um is um present in these other countries and they go on these small um roads called harajuku and they go like to these harajuku shops and they're just there's so much clothes in one place yeah. and the the store owners were just like the person that um runs around to sean weatherspin i was in the video he was talking to the store owners of the harajuku vintage shops and they're like oh yeah kanye west yeah he shops here it's just <laughs> casual it's really cool oh my God. what show is this um, you literally just go on YouTube and you look up round oh. two of the show and oh, just okay. probably put just put um Japan afterwards on yeah. it. And mm-hmm. um yeah. It's super crazy because they even whenever it switches to the segment of them in Japan, they start off in a retail store because um that person, Sean Witherspoon, had did a collaboration with Guest Jeans and they the collaboration was centered around farmers market, they had a guest jeans round two farmers market collection and they had their clothes in a retail mall it was crazy because it was just a regular um mall um like a mall like storefront and it had like balenciaga off-white louis vuitton gucci and it had the round two merch and then just a regular like mall mall storefront yeah and the guy that was witch on with at the time he leaned on one of the 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 racks the clothing racks he leaned on it with his elbow and sean what been pointed at him he was like yo you can't do that yeah they literally once we leave they're gonna wipe it off and they're like what and um they walk away and you see a store worker like with with gloves on and they're just wiping down the rack where he had his elbow laid on wow, wow. they take it so, seriously though. yeah so like yeah so like the cleanliness and like the whole culture over there it's just very it was very eye-opening to me at the time being of like a junior senior
0: in high school yeah yeah that's insane. Um, okay, so Fashion Board and Style Club, for those who don't know, uh, are the two prominent fashion-related uh, extracurricular clubs, I guess, at uh, South Carolina. Um, what would you say are some similarities and differences between the two clubs? Um,
2: one thing I really do look up to Fashion Board is like their position and how much weight they hold within the school and how well-respected they are and how they're able to do things like put together the the, fa- the USC Fashion Show, yeah. being able to reach out to retailers and have them come out. I think another organization that was able to put together a fashion show or that is in the works is AAAS. Mm-hmm. I think they're having they're in the works of a fashion show as well. Um, one thing I really do appreciate about Fashion Board is just the organization that they have And just being able, the type of, the community that they have. Mm. That's one, that's something I really look up to in terms of how I want to steer the direction of Style Club to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because Style Club is a student organization and we don't have, like, um, any faculty or staff that sponsors or looks over the club. So a lot of the things, because I was a freshman last year and so when when i wanted to start this club when i was talking to quinn about these ideas i wanted to have this community and he was i had to look to other people and i do i didn't mind making myself look dumb mm-hmm. to getting the advice and the information that i needed to help myself grow yeah and um my freshman year we had our first um style club event and we were able to get sponsored by Fashion Board to help us jumpstart what we want for the club, and we had did an outfit competition slash um, vintage pop up yeah, right, slash right. like mm-hmm. just like a hangout thing at Russell House. And before that, for the club, I have this thing called Town Hall on GroupMe, and I have all the members of the club. They join the the GroupMe to get um, updates about the club times for meetings events or if they just want to talk about like how we can improve as a club they would just all spit their ideas right there yeah right right. and before the event before the event we had about five or so people in the club including myself and before the event we're like how many people do you think are going to be in the group me by the end of this event and i think one of my buddies were like and they were in the chat they said oh like 25 30 people Mm -hmm. Um, and like me being jeremiah at the time i was just like i'll i'll double that yeah (laughs) and um by the end of the event we now have over 75 people in the town hall group man nice
0: that's awesome
2: it's just it's just absolutely crazy after that one event
0: yeah where do you want to take style club uh from from this point forward
2: from this point forward it's just um i just want to have uh, but like after that one event I was able to meet people and now like with this year coming into play I have I now have an exec board like I'm
0: able
2: to I'm able to just spit these ideas out that I have to the people that I have in this exec board and we're able to co- coordinate things and it's just so eye-opening and something that I had never realized that I that was capable of because I I realistically I just wanted to talk about T shirts. Yeah. <laughs> just, <I'm sorry. laughs> I, was, I was a simple guy. I just wanted to talk about T shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but um I have an exec board now and we're all it's everyone's such a great team and we're able to coordinate we're able to joke but at the same time we're able to get things done we're now established through the school. We're able to, ha- there's people that have reached out and wanted to request to join the club through Garnet Gate. And even something like one person wanting to join through Garnet Gate, I just thought that was amazing. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like, we're really like established. Yeah. And um, I'm able to work because now we have, we have more organization. We have an agenda that for meetings. So we have like from A to Z, we know what we're talking about. And like, We we have an Instagram page and we have I have somebody dedicated just for pushing out content for Mm -hmm. outreach for our club, shout out to Judith, and um, we have a club photographer, shout out to David, and we have event coordinators and just like the community and like the, it's really only up from here and learning how to keep that that ball rolling, yeah, because I don't want it to ever stop.
1: I mean, now I want to freaking join this Gamecock style club. Cause yeah, that, no, dude, that, I'm that sounds all good <laughs> on
2: Carnage. <laughs> like
0: after the show.
2: Yeah, but sh- big shout out to um Grayson and Alex for being able to coordinate with Noma Warehouse and being able to reach out to these other people that do vintage. Um, a lot of people were like being able to create an event in Columbia because we have one back home in Charleston, 8 4 flea. And we also have one and another big one in Greenville called Experiences. So being able to have one in Columbia kind of acts and serves as the middle point for those two other um, cities that hold events. Yeah, and right. And the outcome and the people that are able to come out to the, to the event for Threaded Fair, it's really big. And it's something that I I hope that never stops growing.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. We need to make the southeast. We need to turn the Southeast into the new like fashion hub, South Carolina, North Carolina, Atlanta, Florida can join if they want. I don't really care yeah. much about Florida. But <laughs> I think those three, if like, cause if we grow, I mean, if we just have a large enough community where we know all these people and then just put it out there as content, I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a great thing for just this area and mm. hopefully encourage more people to just stay in this area. Cause I know all my high school friends when they graduated college because this is my second time in college they all left for like chicago la yep. new york <laughs> right you know all the yeah, areas that's one
2: thing like that's one thing i've really kept in the back of my mind that um i think i was actually listening to a podcast and i was in high school and it really opened up my eyes i think it was a complex podcast and i forgot who was the, who was the speaker and he was talking about how um Say that you're an 18-year-old entrepreneur and you want to grow your business and you want to just be successful. And would you rather be somewhere in your hometown like Charleston or being able to go out to somewhere like L.A. or New York City? And for example, he took New York City and New York City is only however square miles. Like it's New York City is not that big at all. It's really Mm -hmm. small. But there's like I don't I don't even know how many people live in New York City. Maybe over like 10 million people. Like there's a lot of people that live in New York City, and you come out there as an 18 year old entrepreneur, and you set foot on your on your path, and you're just like, hey, I'm 18 years old, and I'm starting a business. But that's really it, and it's really hard to have take that first step into that realm
1: as a, a transplant, because you're a transplant like when new, you when you as, go to a new state,
2: right. And I guess it's just the idea of being um, a little fish in a big pond or a big pond in a little fish. Yeah, exactly. Would you rather go out to somewhere as highly populated as L.A. or New York City or being able to create and develop your own business in your hometown and create as much noise as someone that's already been doing it for years in those small fish, big pond cities?
0: With that, I think we can wrap up this amazing interview. Um... Jeremiah, where can where can people find you on social media?
2: Follow my Instagram at Jeremiah McCaspack, J-E-R-A-M-I-A-H, M-A-C-A-S-P-A-C. Also, um, if you're wanting to see what I post for sale or for any thrifted vintage clothing and sneakers, that would be Rendezvous C N C. Or if you're interested in joining Style Club you'll now be able to go on Garnet Gate and find um, the USC Style Club on there, but also be sure to follow Style Club of USC on Instagram and don't hesitate to just shoot a DM and we can give you a step-by-step on how to join the club. And make sure if you follow, get on your post notifications so that you can stay up to date with all of our events and meetings and all of the content that we're starting to develop and push out.
0: Awesome. All right, and uh, you can follow the show on Instagram at FitCheckPod, where we're going to be posting behind-the-scenes content, fit picks, and a mood board to go along with every episode every Friday. Uh, our producers are, and editors are Joshua Teckel, Sydney Daigle, and Grace Patton. This podcast, as always, is a production from the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Find out more about Garnet Media Podcasts and other student work at garnetmedia.org.